Hi everyone and welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast show that talks about video game news, stories, and highlights. My name is Luke and thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Games Are Fun. If this is your first time checking out the show, welcome, it's great to have you. Games Are Fun is a weekly podcast that talks about video games. Uh, Basically, each week I talk about what's going on in the industry, news from the past week, or I'm talking about my experiences with video games from the past, present, and what I'm looking forward to in the future. Basically, if it's about video games, I generally bring it on the show to talk about. The podcast is available every Tuesday on all the major podcast services, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Stitcher, just search for Games Are Fun on whatever podcast service you use and hopefully it should come up. In today's episode, we're talking about two big topics. The first is the Nindies Direct from last week. Nintendo had a indie-themed Direct where they announced a ton of new indie games coming to the Nintendo Switch, so I'm going to break down everything that we heard from that. And then second, PlayStation 4 had their very first state of play. It's kind of Sony's version, I guess, of a Nintendo Direct. And it was a short presentation that kind of highlighted, again, some games that are gonna be coming to PS4. A new thing that PlayStation is trying out. So I have a bunch of thoughts about the format, the presentation, what I thought of it. And also I'm going to be going over everything that was talked about in the presentation as well. So that's what we're talking about this week. And I did want to mention before we start that I do have a couple guest featured episodes in the coming weeks coming up here. So I did want to make this episode a little bit shorter so um, I could take the time this week to to prepare for those future episodes because those episodes are a little bit bigger and time is not on my side this week. So I'm going to leave it to those two topics and uh, yeah, look forward to the next couple episodes. There's a a lot more work going into those ones. Um, So yeah, before we start, I did also want to mention that I have my very first article, video game article, up on GamingHistoria.com. So you can head over to GamingHistoria.com. My article is about the fall, or sorry, the rise and fall of the Tony Hawk video game franchise. Tony Hawk video games back in the day were really well received. They're critically acclaimed, uh, reviewed quite high, had a huge fan base, and nowadays they're basically nowhere to be found. And I think that's due to a variety of reasons. Uh, So I have a whole discussion all about that. So you can go over to GamingHistoria.com. I believe as the time of this recording, the article is on the front page on the, the featured section. But if you're having a hard time finding it, you can always go over to my Facebook page, just facebook.com slash games are fun podcast. I have the link posted on there. Go over to my Twitter at games are fun pod or Instagram at games are fun podcast. It's a highlight over on my page. So you can find the link somewhere through there and be able to, to check out the article. So please go over. It's about a five minute read. It breaks down the Tony Hawk franchise into certain sections. I break it down into, you know, the old school days of when the franchise was at its peak popularity then i bring in the you know the new era of games with underground underground 2 talking a bit about that and then i do a whole section about the spin-offs and that's kind of where i think a lot of things went wrong and then talking about that that reboot and the revival of the series with tony hawk's pro skater 5 and how it really missed the mark on trying to bring back the franchise to to become what it 
used to be. So yeah, please go check out that article. I worked really hard on it. And so I would really appreciate if you guys, the listeners who come each week and listen to the podcast, go over there and show some support as well. So gaminghistoria.com. Okay, let's get into today's episode. So the Nindies Direct is what I wanted to start with. Uh, Nintendo obviously is known to just randomly announce that they're going to do directs. Um, sometimes they have what's called Nindies, uh, Nindy Direct, and or Nindy Showcase, I guess. And these basically are a showcase of indie developed game, independent developed games that are coming to the Switch console. So. Uh, Jonathan Dornbush over at IGN has the article that compiles 18 games that were highlighted in the March 20th Nintendo Switch Nindy Showcase. So we're going to go over all the announcements and I'm going to talk about what I thought of it as a whole. And yeah, we'll start with there. So Nintendo highlighted 18 indie games during its GDC 2019 Nindy Showcase, many with confirmed or vague imminent release dates, including a few games being released today. So the first one that was announced was Cuphead. So Nintendo confirmed the formerly Xbox One console exclusive Cuphead is coming to Nintendo Switch. No mention was made of Cuphead's upcoming DLC, but Switch players can now get a taste of the beautifully animated bullet hell shooter. Cuphead comes to Switch on April 18th. So uh, I just wanted to break away real quick. Cuphead is an excellent game. It is... Uh, basically the art style of it is kind of like an old time cartoon, think like 1930s cartoon. It's in color though. And it's all, everything you see on the screen was hand drawn. So it's absolutely incredible visually. Um, the gameplay itself is really fun. It's very, very challenging. It's kind of like a running gun, uh, 2d side scroller type, type of deal. And basically You have three lives going into each level and every time you got hit by an enemy, that's one life being taken away, right? Very, very basic stuff. You can also play it cooperatively. Uh, You you can play as Cuphead. You can have your friend play as Mugman and uh, go through the levels that way. I've played it. I got, uh, me and my girlfriend got about halfway through World 2. It's it's really, really hard. um, So be warned about that. But if you have a Switch, and you're not don't really know too much about Cuphead, please take my word that it is definitely a game you need to get. Uh, further to that, this is a huge deal that a Microsoft exclusive title is coming to a Nintendo console. Not only that, in the showcase, they actually mentioned the word Microsoft, which is crazy. I mean, you go back 15, 20 years and the console wars were, you know, huge, especially between, you know, PlayStation and Nintendo back with... Uh, you know, their mascots, uh, Crash Bandicoot, and going over to Nintendo headquarters, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's it's interesting to see how far we've come from that and how Microsoft and Nintendo are really good buds lately and really collaborating on making games playable for everybody. Um, that's, that's how it should be done, in my opinion. So this is fantastic. I can't wait to pick it up on the Switch. I'm def- I own it on the Xbox, but I'm definitely getting it for Switch because this is a great game and the availability to essentially play anywhere on the go is, is quite fun t- to me. Now, I have to be careful though of playing it in portable mode because I'm sure 
it will be tempting to throw my switch across the room when I get stuck on a level. Anyways, back to the article. Overland. Survive a road trip across the United States in a procedurally generated adventure that has players deciding what resources to collect, survivors to align, and dogs to save. Seriously, save all the dogs. When Overland hits switch this fall in North America. My friend Pedro. Uh, so this was announced as a console exclusive coming in June. My friend Pedro will bring its crazy flips, gun-toting action, and talking banana to Switch in just a few months. This is an interesting game. It's kind of, again, uh, from a side perspective, it's a, it's a game where uh, physics are kind of play play a part in the game i would recommend going over onto youtube and looking up a my friend pedro trailer just to kind of understand what this game's about it's really difficult for me to explain verbally it's better if you see this one in action uh, next game was NeoCab. Coming to the Switch this summer, NeoCab will have players driving a cab in a futuristic sci-fi setting, dealing with an ominescent police force, and keeping your customers and yourself happy in the process. Uh, this game looked actually quite interesting to me. It's funny because people are calling it an uh, Uber sim simulator because you play as a driver who just drives people around. But basically, you're in this kind of future, futuristic sci-fi setting, as, as mentioned. But it's in a setting where they're basically are no more uh, cars driven by humans. A lot of them are self-driving cars or self-driving vehicles. So you're one of the last people in the area that drive vehicles. So uh, it's a text heavy based game, but it looks really interesting. And I'm uh, definitely, definitely it's piqued my interest on if I want to check it out or not. The next game is the Red Lantern. This game looked incredible to me. So. Only announced for later this year, the, the Red Lantern is a roguelike adventure set in the Alaskan wilderness. Players assume control of a character who has ventured out to train and eventually race in the Ida sorry, Iterod, but when tra tragedy strikes, uh, must fight the forces of nature to survive. So this is the reason why this one was interesting to me is so it's played in a first-person perspective. The art style is very similar to games like Firewatch. And basically, it's, you know what, it even has a similar setting of Firewatch. In Firewatch, you're, you know, leaving your problems that you have in your real world uh, behind to go and watch for forest fires in the forest. This is kind of similar in uh, the protagonist is leaving society to, to go to Alaska and get a fresh start and become a dog racer. Um, but... The trailer is quite cool because the the environments that you travel in with your dog sled look visually just amazing, and uh, yeah, it looks incredible. It looks like something that you can maybe kind of shape what happens to your player, if that makes sense. So, no, you can make decisions, and sometimes those decisions might have consequences. So, definitely put this one on your radar if you have a Nintendo Switch. I, if any of the games I talk about interest you, I definitely recommend the Red Lantern to be at the top of your list for something to to definitely consider buying in the future. Because just from the trailer, I was uh, I, I I I was on board, so I'm looking forward to that. Darkwood. Coming in May, Darkwood has players scavenging for supplies and exploring a mysterious haunting forest setting, only to be uh, besieged by a powerful threat each night. So there's that. Katana Zero, the fast-paced action of 2D action game Katana Zero will be available for the Nintendo Switch on April 18th with pre-purchase available today. This game looked dope. Uh, it's from developer 
uh, sorry, publisher Devolver Digital, so you know that uh, they publish games that are generally pretty pretty cool. Uh, this game, it's sweet because it's a, a 2D action game as described, but you can get killed with one hit, and I believe it just takes one hit to kill your enemies. Um, so it's it's very cool. It has that neon type of art style to it. So I'm really looking forward to that one. That will probably be a game that I pick up on the day it's released. I was, I was, I, you're going to hear uh, me say a lot throughout this presentation that there were a lot of games that I actually was really brought on board quite quickly just from watching, you know, a minute trailer. So uh, Katana Zero was another one of those games. Next game was Rad. So from developers Double Fine and published by Bandai Namco, Rad is set for release this summer. Players will take on a character with an ability to mutate themselves, taking on the likeness and abilities of other creatures like a snake who can reach out and snap at foes. So this is really cool. Double Fine is obviously known for uh, creating a ton of games. They're, they're definitely known for their sense of humor in games as well. And this game, you're kind of in this post-apocalyptic setting and... Yeah, you basically kind of mutate to become different animals and creatures that are in the setting setting that you're in. And some of those mutations can help you defeat certain bosses or get to certain areas. Of course, the, the title Rad is a take on the word radiation in case you didn't put those two things together. So this looks great. Double Fine obviously always, always does a great job at their game. So another one you should be... Put on your radar. Creature in the Well. Pinball meets puzzle solving in Creature in the Well, set for summer release. Players will use their weapons as functionally pinball patties, hitting around balls of light to amass energy and solve their way through dungeons. Uh, next game is Blood Roots, another one that I was really interested in. Uh, so we pre previewed Blood Roots back at PAX West 2018 and loved, loved its frenetic hotline Miami meets Western action. The Wild Adventure is also confirmed for Switch with a summer release. So if you have ever played Hotline Miami, that's a great comparison to what this game is. I actually watched some gameplay videos of it up on YouTube. And yeah, it's basically a from a kind of a top-down perspective and you kill enemies with one hit, but they also can kill you with one hit. And some of the enemies are quite quick. You gotta work really fast in order to kill them, similar to Hotline Miami. And then you can kind of use different things within the environment as weapons. Like you can use uh, anything from an ax to a carrot. It's, it's kind of interesting. Um, another one that I recommend going on YouTube and just watching to kind of see what it's about, but uh, definitely one that you want to to keep on your radar. Sorry, I keep saying that, but it, it, honestly, there were so many games during this entire presentation that just really pulled me in, like I said, from just watching a brief tra trailer. So uh, next one is Pine. Pine is set for August 2019 release and features an expansive open world players can explore. I'm not going to go much more else into that one because it, it looked a It was probably on the bottom of the list for me of this whole showcase. Uh, Super Crate Box, Vlambeer Shoot'em Up is finally making its way to Switch on April with new multiplayer options. Uh, Nuclear Throne, Vlambeer's top-down shooter roguelike Nuclear Throne is actually available for the Nintendo Switch today. So by the time you're listening to that, that game is available for download. Vlambeer Arcade, Vlambeer is expanding its release 
prowess with a Vlambeer Arcade, a portal meant to be updated with new experiences over time. The first game include will be Ultra Bugs, which IGN saw uh, in a different name at PAX West 2018. Swim Sanity. Swim Sanity offers single and multiplayer underwater missions in an adventure set for release this summer. Blaster Master Zero 2. The sequel to the beloved Blaster Master Zero is also available for download today. Stranger Things 3 The Game. Previously announced at the Game Awards 2018, Stranger Things 3 The Game is confirmed for a uh, synch synchron Synchronous release with the third season of the hit Netflix series on July 4th. It will include local co-op, 12 play playable characters, and dive into the story of the third season. And then the Direct ended off with a really cool announcement called Cadence of Hyrule. So the Crypt of the Necrodancer franchise is back with a Zelda-inspired adventure adapting the former rhythm-based exploration in the latter's rich world. So... The Crypt of a ne Necrodancer is a game you can play right now over on the Switch. <clears throat> it's kind of a rhythm-based exploration game where, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that the the beats and the music is definitely a part of the gameplay. And they brought Link and Zelda into this new game, Cadence of Hyrule. And that's a big deal for a lot of reasons. Um, we've seen Nintendo take their you know, intellectual property and give it to other developers from time to time. We saw, you know, them giving Mario and the whole Mushroom Kingdom to Ubisoft to create Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. And that game's fantastic. Um, there's other examples of it as well, but this is a big deal because this is, you know, the first time that they're giving it to an indie developer, right? Uh, the Zelda franchise is a ginormous franchise, one of the largest franchises in video games, and the fact that this studio was able to create a game bringing in assets from the Legend of Zelda game, that's incredible. So uh, yeah, I'm really pumped for that game. I'm definitely going to be getting it right away. Anything Zelda, I'm on board with, so I'm sure that a lot of people feel the same way as well. Uh, so yeah, that's that's basically it for the Nintendo Switch. Again, these things are sometimes hard to talk about because they are most sold when you see them visually. So I am going to go over uh, just quickly the ones that I think you should go and check out on YouTube or at least make a note of so that you can come back, check them out once they are released um, or keep them on your radar so that you know, if, if you're ever looking at games to play in the future, uh, this summer, that kind of stuff, that you can kind of look to this list. So uh, let's go over the ones. Uh, Cuphead is one you want to definitely keep your eye on. My Friend Pedro, Neocab, The Red Lantern, uh, Katana Zero, Rad, Blood Roots. I would say Blaster Master Zero too as well and then Cadence of Hyrule, as I mentioned earlier. So yeah, those are the games. Uh, again, uh, that's just my opinion. I Those are games I would play. There's probably some on here that would interest other people, but from seeing the showcase, I think those are definitely the highlights and uh, of the entire thing. So moving on to PlayStation's State of Play. So PlayStation isn't going to be at E3 this year, and one of the things that people were wondering is how they were going to highlight certain games. You know, uh, Xbox, Microsoft has ID at Xbox. Um, 
or sorry, Inside Xbox, which is their their monthly show where they kind of go over new releases, things coming to Game Pass. Uh, they kind of showcase certain hardware on the show, new controllers, that kind of stuff. But it isn't as big as what I would say a Nintendo Direct is. So people were wondering what PS4 State of Play was going to be when it was announced, right? We knew it was going to be a presentation highlighting video, their games of some sort, but we didn't know what the scale of it was. So after watching the State of Play yesterday, I was able to kind of get the impression that these are going to be smaller presentations that have a mixture of new announcements mixed with things we already know that are coming, but maybe new updates on those games that are are due for release. So let's kind of go over what was was shown in the presentation and then we can kind of talk about more of what I thought about the presentation as a whole afterwards. So GameSpot.com, Kevin Knezevic has the article, uh, PS4 State of Play, every big announcement and all the games. So Sony's, Sony's first Nintendo Direct style State of Play presentation has ended and it's given us a look at a number of games on the way to PS4 this year. The broadcast kicked off with the reveal of new Iron Man VR game, but that was hardly the only announcement. We also learned about a No Man's Sky VR update and got to see new trailers for Days Gone and Mortal Kombat 11 among other titles. If you missed out on the presentation, we've rounded up all the biggest news and announcements from it below. So, the first one. Marvel's Iron Man VR. Sony started off its state of play presentation by unveiling Marvel's Iron Man VR, developed by Camouflage in conjunction with Worldwide Studios and Marvel Games. The game puts players behind the visor of Iron Avenger, of the Iron Avenger. No further details were shared beyond that, but Iron Man VR is slated to release for PS4 this year. Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. The remaster kart racing game Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled excuse me, launches on June 21st, and we learned the PS4 version will include some exclusive content in the form of blocky PS1-style character skins for Crash, Coco, and Cortex, along with a retro track and carts. No Man's Sky VR update. Developer Hello Games is adding PSVR support to its sandbox space exploration game, No Man's Sky, this summer as a free update. Rather than being a separate mode, however, players will be able to play through the entire game in VR. Additionally, the PS4 version of No Man's Sky Beyond will receive a physical release and it'll come with the base game, VR support, and every update through Beyond. Ready Set Heroes, the isometric dungeon crawler Ready Set Heroes is coming to PS4 later this year. The game features four-player multiplayer and pits you against another team in a race through a monster-filled dungeon. Reach the end of the dungeon and you'll face off in a winner-takes-all showdown. Five Nights at Freddy's VR, arriving on PSVR as well as HTC Vive, Oculus, and Steam next month, Five Nights at Freddy's VR Help Wanted is a new VR take on the fan-favorite horror series featuring remastered levels from the original games along with all new nightmares. Concrete Genie. Sony revealed the PS4 exclusive action-adventure game Concrete Genie is arriving this fall. Additionally, the company shared a new trailer that treads more light on the game's story. Days Gone. Sony's zombie survival game Days Gone has... Been a long time coming, but it finally arrives on PS4 on April 26. Ahead of its release, Sony has shared a new trailer that sets the stage for the game's story. Mortal Kombat 11. Sony capped off the state of play presentation with a new trailer for Mortal Kombat 11, confirming three returning fighters in the process of Liu Kang, Kung Lao, and Jax. 
the video showcased the modern day characters coming face to face with their younger selves from the past. So that obviously was very, very quick. There was not a ton of things announced. Obviously, uh, things like Iron Man VR, um, the No Man's Sky VR update, Ready Set Heroes, Five Nights at Freddy's VR um, were all kind of new information. Those weren't the only things uh, shown at the presentation. GameSpot failed to mention a couple other articles or games as well. There was one called Observation, I believe, which was a, a game set in space that looked kind of interesting. I'm not sure why they, they didn't mention that one. Um, and then there was also... There was a, another VR game, I believe, somewhere mixed in there. But anyways, so it's a little bit controversial right now, this state of play, because obviously it was a little bit lackluster for some fans. If you had a VR, there was a lot of announcements for VR titles coming in there. And, you know, having things like Mortal Kombat 11 or Days Gone, these are things that we knew were coming and are coming very soon. So why put that stuff in there? Um, there's, it's, it's kind of hard to say, you know, I mean, both the Mortal Kombat and 11, sorry, Mortal Kombat 11 and the Days Gone trailers were great trailers, did a really good job at making those games look fantastic, but the, the presentation I'm a little bit on the fence about. On one side, I understand where people are coming from that, you know, there wasn't a lot of major announcements. But at the same time, we know more than we did, you know, the day before. We got new announcements on new games that we didn't know were coming. We got updates to things like No Man's Sky, a game that seems to keep trucking along, um, even though it had a, a rough launch and everything like that. But, you know, it, it's, hard, it's hard to say. I think that these state of plays are going to be just that. They're going to be smaller snippets of you know, games that are coming out in the near future, maybe smaller titles, maybe down the road, they might have a longer, bigger state of play that brings in, you know, information on some of those new, uh, bigger AAA titles like Death Stranding or Ghost of Tsushima, um, you know, Last of Us Part 2. We didn't see any of those in there, and I didn't really expect to see those games in there, but it would be nice to kind of have you know, at least one big major announcement to kind of pull people in. If we look at even the Nindies Direct, a game focused on small, small, smaller, you know, indie developed games, ha having Cuphead brought over to Switch, like that's a big announcement. Or even the Cadence of Hyrule, having Zelda and Link in an indie game, that's huge. We look at even the Nintendo Directs from the past, you know, dropping an announcement for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. We saw that last year at one of the directs. Like those are big major moments. And I think a lot of people were kind of expecting it to have that level. But at the same time, it's the first one. You can't necessarily come in with those high expectations and expect them to announce all these major news and new dates or release dates for, for big games. I think this is kind of setting the tone for what these are, and I do think PlayStation has more up their sleeve for, for things down the road this year. They're not going to be at E3. Uh, who knows if they're having PSX in the, the fall, or sorry, yeah, in the fall this year. Uh, it, it's hard to say, but I do like these little presentations because, like I said, they're new announcements, they're new updates. That's more than we knew yesterday. 
And so going forward, I would love to continue to see these types of things. So um, that's all I'm going to really say on that because a bit of a teaser, I am having more of a discussion with one of my guests on uh, talking about the state of play as well as talking about what's what's PlayStation's plan for you know E3. What does the next generation look like for these for these guys? What do they have planned to show us this year? So yeah, we'll leave it at that. And before I end the show, I did want to talk about Apex Legends Season One Battle Pass. So that I believe dropped, if I'm remembering correctly, last week was the date it dropped last week's episode. So I actually haven't been able to give my impressions of it. So I'll take, you know, five minutes to kind of just talk about what I think of the battle pass so far. Uh, I haven't put as much time into it as I expected because like I said, I've had a really busy week and time is not on my side this week. So I bought the battle pass, uh, just the, the base one. You can kind of get two levels. The other one gives you the first 25 levels of the battle pass and all the customization options that come with it. I got the battle pass and... It's very, I'm not super impressed with it, if I'm being honest. It is taking much longer to level up. Like, I think I'm only on, like, level three of the battle pass. And that's after playing, like, a ton of matches. And, of course, no, I'm not making the top three every single one of those matches. But I think that's the same with other people, right? Sometimes you drop in and you can go all the way and, and take the win. And other times you can die off pretty fast. And so I don't know what kind of technique there is to gaining the experience to level that battle pass up a little bit more quickly. But for me, I just found it was really taking a long time. Um, I played for a whole afternoon and I I barely saw enough XP, like I said, to get me to the level three of the battle pass. And so there's like a hundred levels. So I don't know how, if it's if it's taking this long in the early stages, I don't know how, how much I'm going to be committed to, to keep leveling that up. Uh, they did have that new Octane legend. Um, I haven't played him yet. I thought, I was really hoping that they were going to bundle him with the battle pass that he could unlock at a certain level. That Once you reach that level, you have the availability to play him. They didn't do that. Just like Mirage and Caustic, he is behind that paywall. You need to use in-game currency. And generally, you have to pay to get that in-game currency to get that, which is fine. I mean, it is a free game. I'm totally fine giving them the money for the battle pass or if I wanted to play Octane, giving giving them some money to get some Apex coins to unlock him. But I'm all I'm saying is that it is not, you know, think of I, I think I think of leveling like I do in some other games like World of Warcraft or even Call of Duty, where where you start off as a small level, you only need a certain amount of XP to reach that level. And so your first, you know, 25 levels are pretty quick. Um, and they get slower and slower as time goes on because it takes more and more XP to eventually reach the next level. And to have it really slow at the start like that isn't ha wanting me to, it isn't making me really engaged in the game and uh, that's unfortunate. But I'm still going to play it. It's still a great game that I love to put on, you know, when I'm not really interested in taking the time to sit down and play something really heavy with a heavy story. So, yeah, it, I uh, I continue on playing it and, uh, you know, maybe my my thoughts will change on it as I kind of 
play it a little bit more. Like I said, I only did get uh, about a day with it. So I haven't had a ton of time to put really into it to get those those impressions. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm interested to know what you guys think of the Apex Legends Battle Pass. So comment on this if you're listening on SoundCloud or a podcast that allows comments. Or you can just email me at gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com. And that's a great reminder that if you have any comments about the show, what you thought of the Nindies Direct, what you thought of State of Play, you can send those into that email address and we can kind of have a discussion for next week's show. Uh, speaking of next week, I will mention one more time, the I do have some guest features episodes coming up in the future and that's why I wanted to leave this episode a little bit short to give those attention Give the attention to those those episodes I have coming up. I'm really excited for what we have planned on those episodes, so do that. And then, yeah, one remind, last reminder before we go, head over to GamingHistoria.com and check out that Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk article I wrote. I really appreciate that. So that is the episode this week. Remember, you can catch the show every Tuesday on all the major podcast platforms. We'll be talking to you guys next week again with all the, the great... Actually, you know what? I don't, don't quote me on this, okay? Or don't hold me to this, I should say. <laughs> but I, with the schedule of recording these next couple guest feature episodes, there might be a possibility that I release one later this re- week and another one for next Tuesday. So don't hold me to that, but you may be getting a little bit extra games are fun this week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, stay stay stuck to my social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram to, to get those updates around that. So thank you so much for listening. If you could listen, leave a review if you like the show, subscribe to the channel on whatever platform you listen to. It really helps the show move forward. And uh, whenever you show your support, it also motivates me to come back each week and bring you guys great content. So thank you so much to everyone who already does that. With that being said, have a great week. I hope you have fun playing all the video games and we will talk to you guys next week or maybe later this week. Take care.